דף קז עמוד בית, Unsolicited Learns and Gifts, הניח מרתב על קרן הצבי, we have a beautiful piece of learning based on the mission at the bottom of קז עמוד בית, but as by way of introduction of that, we, we just need to look at, at gifting. We've learned over the last few days that the, a gift creates a moral, inde- at least a moral indebtedness. Sufficient moral indebtedness to disqualify a dayan. Sometimes it can disqualify the dayan legally, that he's, not, that he's not permitted to take the case. And sometimes we saw cases a little bit more extreme where they uh, took an, a moral sense of, of disqualification and they recused themselves from the din because they'd received gifts. So we see that, the, that a gift triggers at least a moral indebtedness. And that's the idea of Hakarat HaTovis. If you receive a gift from somebody, you, uh, you owe the person at least gratitude. There, there is an indebtedness the moment one receives. Uh, and, and we're going to look at that a, a little bit further. A, a loan creates legal indebtedness. So if you get a gift, you have moral indebtedness. You get a loan, immediately you take a loan, it triggers a legal indebtedness. You have to repay, you have to repay the loan. What about tzedakah? Does tzedakah, does accepting tzedakah create any kind of indebtedness at all on the part of the recipient. So that's what we're going to have a look at today. And we're going to start by way of introduction, not with our Mishnah, but a Mishnah from Masech Tepeya. And Masech Tepeya deals with, with a lot of the laws of Tzedakah. And in Perik Perik Hay, we have the din of Balabayit Shaya or Vermi Makom Lamakom. A Balabayit, a wealthy person who was traveling. And he's got no cash. He's got money in the bank, he's got properties in New York, he's got a, a yacht in Monaco, but he doesn't have cash on him, and he needs to eat. So is he allowed to take can he treat himself as an Ani? Says the, the Mishnah, yes, absolutely. At this moment he's an Ani, he can take Tzedakah. And when he comes home, he should repay the Tzedakah that he took, because he's a wealthy man, he didn't need the Tzedakah, doesn't need it now. Divrei Rabbi Yezer. The Chachomim say he does not have to repay. At that moment, he was a poor person. There's no din that if a poor person received tzedakah for, for the 10 or 20 years of his life, and then he becomes wealthy. There's no din that he has to repay the tzedakah because now he's wealthy. When he received the tzedakah, he was poor and he was entitled to tzedakah. So even a wealthy man who is temporarily impoverished, just because he's traveling and doesn't have access to cash, Uh, he's um, allowed to take tzedakah, and he doesn't even have to repay the tzedakah. The Rabbi Kivega on the Mishnah brings the example of a coin who's tameh and isn't allowed to uh, eat the kodshim, and he can't eat trumas and meisers and, and, and so on. At that time, he's, for that period, he's an ani, and he can take tzedakah. When he becomes wealthy, and when he becomes tahor again, now he can eat, he doesn't have to repay, according to the Chachomim. The Rambam says... If a person is temporarily poor and takes tzedakah, the obligation to repay is a midat chasidut. There's a moral obligation, but not a legal obligation to repay. Now let's have a look and see what that has to do with our, with our Mishnah. So our Mishnah is, A man travels overseas. And he leaves his wife without, without cash. And he's, he's gone away longer than he expected to go. And his wife has got nothing to eat. So somebody in the community steps in and provides money for, for the wife. 
Hanan Omer Ibedet Maotav. Hanan says, now that we have three Tanaim in this Mishnah. These three Tanaim are all at the very origins of the Mishnahic period. So these are Tanaim who are Talmidim of Hillel and Shammai and Shmaya and Avtalion, right after the period of the Zugot, at the very beginning of the, of the evolution of the Mishnah. These, these three Tanaim. Hanan is one of them. We had Hanan and Daf Kuftalid, a few, a few very early Tana. Hanan says, Ibedit Maotav, sorry guy, you've lost your money. Don't come claiming your money later on from the husband. It's very nice that you supported his wife, and that's like Tzedakah, it's gone. The Bnei Kohanim disagreed, and they said, Yeshava, this is, you can see it's the time of the second Beis Hamikdash. So these, these Tanoim are, are, are involved in the Beis Hamikdash, and among them there's a group of Bnei Kohanim Gedolim. There's a group, of, a Beis Hamedrash, of the sons of, of Kohanim Gedolim. And their view is not like Hanan. It takes an oath and says, I gave your wife $5,000, and he can claim the $5,000 from the husband. Omar Rabbi Dosa bin Hirkinis. Rabbi Dosa bin Hirkinis, you should remember from Yevamot Daftet Zayin. And I say you should remember because it was a memorable daf, and we did a memorable matmonim on it. It's worth going back to listen. Because the Chachomim were very upset with Rabbi Dosa ben Herkinus, who was an old man at that time. And they heard that he paskin like Beit Shammai in a certain matter, and they went to investigate whether that was true. Rabbi Dosa ben Herkinus says, did you hear the rumors that I paskin like Beit Shammai? You see, there used to be fake news in those days as well. And there was cancel culture as well. Are they going to cancel Rabbi Dosa ben Herkinus? He said, one second, before you cancel. Who did you hear the rumor about? Dosa ben Hirkinus or Ben Hirkinus? Did you just hear the last name or did you hear the first name as well? They said, no, we heard the last name, Ben Hirkinus. Must be you. And he said, no, you might even remember the phrase I used. I have a devilish brother, Ben Hirkinus. He's also got the same last name. And he's a Talmud of Shammai. You see how early this been. My, my brother was a Talmud of Shammai. So he passed like Shammai. But, but I give evidence that just as Chagai Hanovi sat on this rock here in my yard, it, so you should know that I paskin like Beis Hillel and that Chagai paskin like Beis Hillel. There's no question about that at all. But don't get into, they want to then go and find the brother and start debating with him, says Dosa ben Hirkinis, Rabbi Dosa ben Hirkinis. Don't go and debate with my brother because he'll twist you around his little finger. He's so devilish smart. And, and we had a beautiful Oruch Lanea there where the Oruch Lanea says, but what if they say, we just want the truth. If he twists us around his little finger and proves to us that Halach is like Beshamah, it finds, we'll pass him like Beshamah. There's no politics here. We just want the truth. And the, uh, the, 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 there was a beautiful Oruch Lanea where the Oruch Lanea says, there are times in Halach where you don't go by the objective truth in terms of a logical argument. You've got a Masorah from Chagai Hanovi. It doesn't matter how smart Ben Hurkinus is. And how many proofs he can bring to you that the halach is like Beis Shammai. You have a Messiah, you have a tradition. And you've got to go like the tradition. It's a very relevant conversation in Israel today, right in our own town. It's relevant. To what extent do you, do you maintain tradition? Uh, and, and that's why it's so important. And we learn, what is our Lithuanian tradition? There are many traditions. They're all valid and wonderful. Ugh, many different Hasidish traditions, different Ashkenazi traditions, many different Sephardi traditions. They're all beautiful and all relevant. Just don't mix them. Because when you mix them, there's no tradition. And, and the Gemara, Aruch says there, don't come with your proofs as to why the Tzlach is like this or like that. You've got a Mesoira. Chagai Anovi, you've got uh, Rabbi Dosa ben Hirkinus tells you what Chagai Anovi says, to, for, forget the logic. At this point, you go by the Masoira. So it was a very important matrimony, Madaf Tezayin, Amad Beis, Amad Aleph, I think, of Yuvomis. 
אומר רבי יוחנן בן זכאי, רבי יוחנן בן זכאי says, יפה אמר חנן. חנן says he's correct, חנן says he's lost his money, he's correct, but, but רבי יוחנן בן זכאי uses a different turn of phrase. הניח מעותיו על קרן הצבי. He's put his money on the horn of a, of a deer. That's what he's done. What a strange comment, what does that mean? What's important is Rashi steps in, and many of the Rishonim Tosfos as well, and says, this is talking when his gift to the, to the woman was unsolicited. If he lends her money, Rashi and the Rif both prove from an earlier Gemara on the same Omud, which I quote a little bit further here, Rashi and the Rif both prove that if he lends money, of course he can claim the money back. Why can't he claim the money back? When, when the husband comes back and now the woman has money or a source of money, he goes to the woman and he says, I lent you $5,000. She says, I don't have $5,000. He says, but your husband is here, so get the $5,000 from your husband and pay me back. Says Rashi, of course that has to happen. What's unique about this Mishnah is he did it unsolicitedly. Nobody, she didn't ask for the money. The husband didn't ask for the money. He didn't do it as a loan. He just turned up at her house. A real tzaddik, and he gave her the money she needs, and he, there was no talk about a loan. Tosfus Reed says, I want you to notice the difference, one word's difference in the wording of, the, of Rashi and the Tosfus Reed. Because Rashi says, But if he lent her the money, then he can claim the money later on, and she claims from her husband. The Tosfus Reed says, If she borrowed the money, then he, she's got to repay it. And what's important is not that there's a machlokas to us read in Rashi. What's important is understanding the dynamic of a loan. A loan is a response to a need, either implicit or explicit. You don't just go around lending money. Somebody says, can you lend me some money? That's how, that's how a loan. Or you notice there's a need. I see you're in trouble. Let me lend you some money. But it comes from an implicit or an explicit need in the borrower. So that the transaction of loan is initiated from the borrower. A gift is initiated from the giver. You don't go to a person and say, may I have a gift, please? That's not a gift. The whole idea of a gift is it comes from my heart. I want to give you something. A loan is it comes from the receiver. That's the, the conceptual difference in dynamic between loan and gift. So when you're deciding whether something's a loan or a gift, as in our Mishnah, we're not sure. What was the intention when he gave this woman $5,000? Her husband's a wealthy man. They're just short of cash right now. Was he giving her a gift or was it a loan? So the question is, why was it initiated? Says the, the Tosfus read, the laftami menu, if she's borrowing from him, that's a loan and you have to pay. The issue here is there was no loan. She didn't ask for anything. She didn't initiate anything. And here we come to a beautiful hafla. Tafla is, is one of the, it's a safer on Ksubis, and I really regret that we haven't used it much uh, during the, the, the learning of Ksubis, because it's such a classic safer, really important safer on, on Ksubis. Rapinchas Horowitz, in the 18th century, time of the Vilna Gorn. Um, Rapinchas Horowitz is particularly interesting because he's one of these unique people who learned at, with the Vilna Gorn for a short period, and then he went to the Magid Mizrich. The Magid Mizrich was the Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov and the Rebbe of the Balatani. So he moves into the Hasidic world, and he has both. He has a, a Hasidic piece, and he has a, a, a Litvish piece. He's a Haflo. He has this unique combination. But as I've mentioned to you before, that when the Hasidic masters wrote halachic works that are distinguished from their Kabbalistic works, those halachic works are embraced by the Lithuanian canon. 
It becomes part of our part of our classical library, the Avnei the Chidushi Arim, the Sfat Emet, because in those works, the, the Halakha and the Kabbalah are kept separate. And that was the Vilna Gaon's concern. The Vilna Gaon himself was a great Kabbalist. What he was concerned was the dilution of Halakha with Kabbalah. They need to be kept pure and separate. And the Aflo is somebody who did that. And here the Aflo goes into a beautiful piece talking about the fact, he says, if you look at the Mishnahis, the Persian Mishnahis, they all try and talk about Keren Atzvi. What is this putting money on the horn of a, of a deer? And he says, if you look at their Perushim, they're all pretty weak. They're not very convincing. But I think, says the Haflo, Rabbi Yochanan Zakai says, yes, Hanan is right. The, the, the din is correct. He cannot claim money from the husband when the husband comes. That far, Hanan is right. But philosophically, Hanan is wrong. Halachically, he's right, and philosophically, he's wrong. And it's so interesting that the Haflor, who has these two parts to him, he has the philosophic side that he gets from the Magid Mimizrich, and he has the halachic side, which he gets from the, the school of the Vilna Gon, deals here with both the halachic and the philosophic aspect of this Mishnah. He says he's right. He uses the word Aveda, which means it's lost, it's gone, it's, it's, it's wasted. But he doesn't think that's correct. What do you mean it's lost? What a mitzvah. The woman has no money. And you step in and you give her money. How can you say it's lost? How can you use the word Aveda? At that moment, she was poor. Poverty is not, not, not having assets. Poverty is also not having cash at the moment, as we saw in the Mishnah Payah. If temporarily you don't have cash, you're an ani at that time, and you're entitled to take tzedakah. And he steps in and gives this wife tzedakah, even though she's the wife of a wealthy woman. At that moment, she's without cash. What a mitzvah. How can you say, how can you say he's lost his money? He comes, she didn't have to go around begging. He comes into her home and gives her money. That the Karen is, when you give tzedakah, the, the principle which you've given, you get back later on. Karen means a, a fund. Karen and Svi brings a raya that Svi is permanence. Karen had Svi, Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Svi. It's a place of permanence. A Karen had Svi is he's invested his money in a permanent fund. In a trust, that's what he's done when he gave this woman. And a beautiful way of looking at Tzedakah. He's put away the money in trust for the Olam Haba. And he'll get lots of other benefits in this world. So don't say, You're right that legally he can't claim the money back. But it's not lost. It's the most wonderful investment that he's made. How can you use the word Ibed? And then he goes on to say, Since he could have loaned it to her, all he had to say was, he has $5,000. When your husband comes back, you'll repay it. And then he would have it. Says, Hanan, that's not what I mean. Of course, it's a great mitzvah. I just mean he lost money that he didn't have to lose. He could have done it, and it would have been fine. For Rabbi Yochanan Medzakai, Paligalav, and Rabbi Yochanan Medzakai says that that's not the point. Umatzinu kaze plukted Rabbi Lozav Rabbanon be Maseches Peya. 
And that's a simple, similar machloket as the machloket Rabbi Yez and Rabbonin back in Masech the Peya where we started, where the Rabbi Yez says that he can, he's got to pay back the, the, um, the tzroche, and the Chachomim say he doesn't. Even if he would have given it to her by a loan, that also would have been a mitzvah. To give her a loan without a short repayment term, that also would have been good. If he gave it to her as a loan, then it's not Karen Kayemet Lo'olam Haba. Then he's going to get his Karen, the, the principal, he'll get paid back by the husband. He'll get the benefits in Alam Abba of having done a mitzvah. But when you give some money to a person in need, not only will you get the peyrot, not only are you going to get the benefits of, 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 the, of the mitzvah that you've done, but even the karen, even the principle that you've invested is going to be paid lo'olam haba. You'll eat the peyrot in, in, in olam hazeh. So back to the initial question, is tzedakah a gift or is tzedakah a loan? Uh, it can be either way. There's a great tzedakah in, in lending somebody money. But if you lend somebody money, then it's not a karen kayemet lo'olam haba. The Karen will be paid back in Olam Hazer. The principal gets paid in Olam Hazer. But if you give money away to somebody in need, even though she's a wealthy woman, but at that time she's in need. And yes, the husband has a moral obligation to repay it, as the Rambam says in Peah. There is a moral obligation to pay, but no legal obligation. In such a case, a Karen Kayemit Olam about such an act of tzedakah that the, uh, the, uh, not only is the, the Peirot, the prophets, there for him in Olam Abba, but even the care in the principle itself is in trust and will be repaid in Olam Abba.